Celebrity News. that these niggas do and give my opinion and do what I want to do because it's my show. Why wouldn't I? Don't forget you can check me out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, uh, Google Music, which I would say, but of course, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and also the YouTube channel, which is also Kicking It With Young Smooth. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their friend to tell another friend and all them friends and all that good stuff. Alright, so, let's get into it. I apologize for a later show, I really do. Um, I'll be, let me be honest first, before I go into all of this. I am going through a lot, okay? Like, it is already difficult, super difficult <clears throat> to smile through all of the things that are kind of going on in life, but I'm like dumb stressed. But I, I know that I need to continuously push out good content, and I'm happy about that. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy to push out the content. I'm just a hundred percent stressed at this particular point with work and trying to figure out this whole thing called life. Like, yo, in your 30s. When you think you have everything together for a minute, sometimes you just don't. And it's okay, but I'm not going to lie to y'all. I am tired. 
I am so tired. And I don't want this to feel like this is a declaration, like I don't want to do this show anymore, and I don't love hip hop, and I don't, I, I don't know, if, but like I'm, I almost feel like part of me is spinning my wheels in a lot of things that are going on in my life, and every now and again, I just kind of feel like I just want to break down, like I really do. And this is not for anybody to feel any sympathy for me. This is not what I'm asking for. I'm not asking for anything, but. I just, I had to say it, like, even the reason that the show took an extra day or two to come out was because I was like, I don't even know how I want to do this. And I'll be honest with you, it's not that I don't want to do it anymore because I pushed so very, 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 very hard for all of it. And and, and so many great things have come out of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with y'all like I feel like there are days that I'm just spinning my wheels and I, I just I just don't know I just don't know I, I and I, I wanna I, I, I'm not even going to lie to y'all there are days that I just want to scream and break out crying and why am I giving you all this information I have no idea but if it helps someone to say yo sometimes you're gonna have days like that you're gonna have days where like I want to fucking kick over chairs and all type of shit. And I want to continue to laugh about everything. And, and, and like, yo, it got down to a point where even looking for stories, I was like, I don't give a fuck about none of this shit. I, I don't give a fuck about nothing. And it's, it's, it's not to the, it's not the fact that like this or what I do or trying to change up what I do is going to make, me, it, it, it's, it's not making me mad. Like I'm not mad. I'm just frustrated. Like I'm frustrated as fuck for real and um I'm not broken but I'm tired like I'm just and I know we shouldn't say that we tired I know that we should just push on and be great but I just needed a moment I just I needed a moment but um and it, I know it's weird it's weird to come out with this in, in at the top of the show like goddamn where the happiness I'm like I know I know I'm sorry but um Moving on, I just wanted to let you know why the show was late because I owe it to y'all. I owe it to everybody that sits back and does listen to the show and I really appreciate it. I really do. I, I love this genre, this creativeness of being a podcast host. I, I love the fact that I get to do some dope ass interviews. Speaking of which, oh yeah, let's go into that. Speaking of which, I had the best interview of life with DDM the other day. So if you have not catch it, make sure you catch the replay on the YouTube channel, Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast. Please take a look at that, share, like that video. I think that he is an amazing and phenomenal talent. If you have not checked out his album, Beautiful Gowns, and you have not checked out the album, um, Ballads of Omar, please, please do. I'm trying to make sure that I have a guest every Friday. I know I'm probably, because of me being in my bag, I'm probably going to skip this Friday. But... Oh, but you know what? I might skip having a guest this Friday, but I may possibly end up doing a late night show this Friday. So that may happen. But I thank all of y'all for bearing with me. I'm so, so sorry for the late entry, but you will definitely be getting more entries and getting them on time as well. But it just, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot, y'all. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It was a lot. Um, 
it's it's a lot this week, and I think today pushed me over my limit, and I would go into more detail, but we got a show to do, so let's go ahead and do that. Let's do it. Alright, so did y'all get that kick that lyric from last week? I doubt that you did, but you probably might have. Actually, probably, yes. It was one of my favorite, favorite songs from my favorite, favorite fucking group, and I'm listening to their new album, Living on Experience right now, it is the most grown-up hip-hop that I have had. I've gotten two very good freaking albums as far as Nas and The Locks are concerned. Like, I cannot stop gushing over these albums, and I want more people to understand that hip-hop is back. Like, that's the way you do it. Uh. But, last week's Kick That Lyric was Money, Power, Respect. What you need in life, money, power, respect. When you eat it right, money, power, respect, money, power, respect, money, power, respect. My bad. Um, <laughs> but this week I went into a different bag, and this person is probably going to end up in the ratchet and ridiculous corner. Um, but not, not for, but probably not for really a bad reason. But um, definitely this person is. An innovator i watched something magnificent that they did and i'm inspired like that's a move right there like that that's a power move that this person did but it's really short so i just wanted to kind of go over it and it reads in the king's english <clears throat> y'all know i gotta clear my throat mm-hmm. chest to chest nose to nose palm to palm we were always just that close. Wrist to wrist. Toe to toe. Lips that felt just like the inside of a rose. So how come when I reach out my fingers, it feels like there's nothing but distance between us? Damn, that's deep. Mm. It's one of my favorite songs. I love this song. I love th- this album. I had to listen to it. Most of my people will know it and get it, but yeah, definitely had to listen to it. Um, okay, so let's get into the ratchet and ridiculous corner. LL Cool J is not feeling Kanye West pissing on his Grammy award and says he doesn't want uh, sorry, Ye does, does not want any of Uncle L's smoke. He don't. He really don't. One of Kanye West's most recent antics is not sitting well with the self-proclaimed greatest of all time, L.O. Cool J, is making it clear Ye needs to put more respect on the brand he helped build. As spotted on page six, Ladies Love Cool James made recent appearances on the Deezus Amaro show. Shout out Deezus Amaro. They are also kings and pioneers in this podcast game. Uh, while the trio discuss a myriad of topics, the Bronx media personalities, I didn't ask that. Okay. The Bronx media personalities made it a point to get the I Need Love MC to touch on Kanye's balance, dis, blatant, sorry, disrespect um, of his Grammy Award with all, this is LL Cool J, I gotta lick my lips, um, with all due respect, I think Kanye should just, maybe he should just piss in a Yeezy or 
something instead of pissing on a Grammy. He said, piss in a pair of one of them Yeezys, B. I felt <laughs> some kind of way about that shit. I don't love the shit because I've been with the Grammys for five years. Mm. Y'all know when I'm like that, I mean, I got a thought. We went on to make it clear he does not have a cape on for the Academy. Okay, I'm glad we said that because I was really about to be like, what the fuck? Um, I don't understand this constant disrespect, he continued. Look, now, don't get me wrong. There have been some foul things that have happened to some artists around the Grammys. They are not oh sorry what the fuck i'm i'm reading too many things um they are not without uh flaw but pissing on one of those fucking piss on one of those fucking space shoes or something come on man what the fuck is that doing well first of all yes hello you are very right he does need to piss on them damn ugly ass shoes them shoes are fucking then you put the babies in the shoes too that's what i think i have a problem with why did you put the babies in the shoe god damn it like what oh them shoes is ugly. First of all, what was fucked up was I saw a picture of him with the kids and he had on the shoes. I thought he had on Crocs until I realized I looked at the baby. I was like, oh, well, the baby ain't got on Crocs and they look exactly the same. It is those damn Yeezys. That shit is ugly. I don't understand why he don't understand that. That shit is fucking ugly. Kanye, please, please. But I kind of feel LL Cool J a little bit on this and I'm glad that he said something that made made me win back because at first I, I kind of felt like, so you've been on the Grammy board for five years, so now you cooling for these motherfuckers? The same motherfuckers that you had to boycott years ago in the 80s and 90s, like, you know, mind you, the Grammy board and <laughs> the Grammy board is like anything else. It, 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 it caters to black folk. It, you know what I'm saying? It like it, it, it just caters to black folk. It's like, oh, well, yeah, uh, let's get one or two of those niggers on board so that way we don't seem racist. No, you're still racist fucks. There are people that have brilliant bodies of work and should have gotten Grammys and have not. Like, I'll put it to you like this. I was actually mad that Mary J. Blige got a Grammy for the Breakthrough album and didn't receive her Grammy for the Mary album, which the Mary album was a deeper introspective album than the Breakthrough album. Like, the like I'm not going to say Breakthrough was trash. It wasn't. It was great. It was a great fucking album. But it definitely did not hold the weight, the sense and sensibility, the, pers- the, the personal impact that... The motherfucking Mary album held. It just did not. And she got passed over for a Grammy that year. And then ended up winning around for the breakthrough for like best album or whatever. But I, 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 don't, I didn't see that being her Grammy year. I actually saw the years prior being her Grammy year. I really did. And the Grammy, the Grammys constantly snub black artists then create new fucking platforms unnecessarily so you can add other genres of artists or other artists from other ethnicities into the hip-hop culture so like nah like so in that moment when he's when i was reading it and as i'm reading it, i'm sitting here thinking to myself like bruh 
you sit here caping for them, but luckily he said it that he wasn't. But I'm like, oh, you were the same one who boycotted them originally. Like, yo, I understand that you shucking and jiving and they put you in a monkey suit and y'all can say what you want to about LL, but you in a monkey suit sitting there caping for the Grammys when they don't give a fuck about us. They have never really given a fuck about us. Our music is secondary, but our music is so copied and duplicated on a regular basis that it makes no it makes no sense. So they're they're quick to do that and then quick to praise it from artists that are less than the artists that come out on a regular basis. So I I know I, I feel LL on, on one ins, instant, but then that Kanye should not have pissed on the Grammys. But on the other hand, on the other end of it all, I've been like, yo, Kanye, y'all, y'all know what? Is as crazy and as neurotic as we always seem to try to make Kanye out to be, Kanye ain't all wrong. And every lie and every rant and every piece of craziness, there is a piece of truth somewhere. I don't believe that Kanye is completely crazy. Like when he sat back with the tweets talking about, you know, North, if they kill me, don't let them know, you know, let them know that um, I was a good man. I believe this shit. I believe this shit. I believe that there's something sinister in the Kardashian home and all of that shit will come to light very soon. Speaking of which, to move into, before I move into the other thing, I have seen the Jaguar Wright situation and a part of me believes her as well. But I will say that um, I also saw Talib Kweli respond to Jaguar Wright. And if you guys haven't watched it, you may want to watch like the Storm Show or just YouTube. You ain't got Google it. Just YouTube Jaguar Wright and all of the rants and all of that will come up. But she spilled a lot of tea about a lot of people in the industry. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, why now? Why not now? Because at least she ain't. 80 years old and, and divulging all of this information. Um, a friend of mine, Singleton, actually, shout out to my girl Singleton if you're listening, um, asked me a question about what was her end game. Like, everybody's kind of, it's weird. It's weird when you kind of rant like this and you go in and you're like taking, like, you're, you're taking hostage shots and shit at people. So it's like, what is her end game? Her end game is like, yo, to give music back to the artist. And in addition to take take down Clive, Clive Davis. So actually, excuse me, I'm sorry. The, her original um, mission is to take down Clive Davis. If y'all don't know about Clive Davis, Clive Davis is a big portion of a lot of parts of this industry. From Jive Records that he created to just... <sighs> Dealing with like Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey and Alicia Keys and you know, list and list goes on and on, but he has not done a lot of those artists right at all. And he hasn't. And that's been a very proven fact. It's very much so this is where Diddy learned it from Andre Harrell learned it from from Clive, who passed it on to Diddy, and I think the practices are still the same. What a lot of people don't realize in actuality, um, I wanna say that Clive Davis, I believe, and I may be, I may be wrong on this, but he was a lawyer. 
and he didn't even practice entertainment law, to be honest with you, before he became a record mogul. He was like a lawyer. So, and I forgot what kind of law he practiced, but he definitely was not in the heart and soul entertainment. It's not like, like, that's one of the things that we don't have. We have a strong person that sits at the head of the throne of this, but never wanted to create and do it like, like we do. But it's, it's capitalizing off of all of that. It's taking money off of all of these people, all of these artists, and ruining a lot of their lives. So I don't think that Jaguar Wright is completely wrong. Like, yo, we gotta have a level of discernment for these rants and raves that, that Kanye goes through and even Jaguar Wright. Like, we have to have a level of discernment for it. However, I honestly believe in my heart of hearts, all of it ain't a lie. Now she took shots at common and, and, and here's the thing. I'm not even going to, I'm going to stop right there. I'm not even going to go into it. Cause I think I want to try to talk about it on a late night show a little bit more, but it, it, it is, it, it, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of truth behind every rant and every lie. So that I'm going to leave that there. Anyway, moving on. SZA confirms dating Drake in, in 2008 and clarifies she wasn't underage. Thank God, because y'all know y'all be mad if the champagne poppy was out here with youngins and shit. Although, kudos to... You know what? I'm going to read the article and I'm moving on. I'm, I'm talking about it. Drake revealed on Friday that he used to date SZA in his verse on 21 Savage and Metro Boomin's Mr. Right Now. The topic was all over social media with the speculation that SZA could have been underage based on the claim they were together in 2008. SZA went on Twitter on Sunday to confirm their relationship and clarify she was over the age of 18. She states... So, it was actually 2009, lol. In this case, a year of poetic rap license mattered, uh, lol. I think he just innocently rhymed 08 with weight. Ain't nobody... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I said that. Because um, I was about to say, ain't nobody got time for that. Um, anybody who really knows me... And was around during the time can confirm it's all love and peace. Uh, she also went on to say, I just didn't want anybody thinking anything underage or creepy was happening. Completely innocent lifetimes ago. Well, I, let me tell you something. I'm glad because y'all would be very mad if Aubrey was out here, you know, pulling the R. Kelly or anything of that nature. Uh, secondly... Kudos to you, Scissor. Kudos. Because Aubrey looked like he had fucking Down syndrome around that time. He did not look the way he do now. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Like, uh, it, it just, it, it does my heart well. You know what I'm saying? That, that Aubrey is getting his just dues. Uh, he is still a phenomenal rapper. So, you know, there, there is that. Anyway, uh, so moving on, Meg the Stallion performed Savage on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. Um, Saturday Night Live had a season premiere episode last night, hosted by Chris Rock and had Megan the Stallion on, uh, musical guest duties. Also, note that Issa Rae is going to be on 
this Saturday that's coming up. I am excited to see that. I do hope that that, I think that is going to be funny. I, I was listening to the read and they are very right that Saturday Night Live has been kind of like hit or miss. It, it sometimes hits you with the politics and sometimes doesn't. I didn't really get a chance to watch um, all of the whole you know, situation. I really just watched for Meg's performance and just wanted to see it. And I also have a few thoughts about that as well because that is going to be literally a whole thing. Um, and I'm going to read on anyway. Um, the latter used her performance to call for the protection of black women. Meg performed her single Savage in coordination with four dancers and plenty of um, gyrating. It was a lot of gyrating. It was a, it was a lot of coochie popping for SNL. I ain't gonna lie. To, towards her performance conclusion, audio of Malcolm X riding for black women cuts in. The most disrespected, unprotected, neglected person in America is the black woman, says the slain civil rights activist. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair, the color of your skin, the shape of your nose? Then Tamika Mallory's voice is heard taking a tap dancing, uh, yeah, taking the tap dancing Connecticut attorney general to task. Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellout Negroes that sold our people into slavery by savages. Then it was Megan's turn and she states, we need to protect our black women and love our women because at the end of the day, we need our black women. She said from the stage where, um, and then said, protect the black woman was protected, was projected on the black, on a background screen. We need to protect the black man and stand up for the black man. Because at the end of the day, we're tired of seeing the hashtag for our black men. Very powerful. Very, very much so. Um, I am all here for Megan and doing the things that she does. I love the the level of empowerment. I love the fact that she's, you know, taking no prisoners at this particular point. I'm, I'm very, very, very excited for her. Um, y'all, y'all feel it coming. There's a however. Uh, however, there is a lot of gyration and pussy popping, okay? Uh, Young Thug came out for her second song, um, which is the, um, do that, do, I don't know what the hell damn song called. However, this is where my Illuminati conspiracy theory kicks in, okay? Cause it, it is a lot. I don't mean no harm. <sighs> Real quick, uh, Megan's new song with Young Thug ends up having a lot of Illuminati symbols and there's a lot of imagery. I want us to be very clear. I know, I I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I have been down that rabbit hole in like 2008, 2009 and I ain't trying to go back. I'm not. I'm definitely not. However, I do need us to be careful on the imagery that we pick in these videos and the imagery that we pick um in the background, like the floor, the black and white situation is empty mind control. You know what I'm saying? Like it, a lot of that stuff is very, very subjective to be, to be kind of looking at like everything that you see 
in front of you is not always what you think it is. Like, y'all, y'all want to make me go back into my conspiracy bag, and I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this today. However, one of the things that I do um, think about from time to time is that um, all of the things that we see are in plain sight. Bruh, like, it, it, it is right in front of your face. You know what I'm saying to you? They ain't got to lie to you because they really telling you the truth the whole time. You know what I'm saying to you? Like, the way that the world's changing, we've already talked about the way that the world was going to change. And and things have already come into fruition. Like, for instance, this is something that I say that is so strange to me. So, me being an 80s baby and being, you know, a kid in the 90s and this, that, and the third. And saying at one point that there will be a computer in every home. Never lent to the fact that, like, only, like, a decade later, two decades later, you're like, not only is there a computer in every home, there's a computer in every pocket. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. I'm not going down this road. But, however, I don't particularly care for Megan's new song. Um, it's, it's not great. It's not like the rest of the stuff that's been kind of leading the charts where you had, like, Savage and you got... Um, and, and, you know, you got like WAP and all, all other stuff that's, that's kind of okay, but like this one just didn't do it for me and something just didn't sit well in my spirit. And even in the performance, despite all of the great messages, like the stuff from, um, Malcolm X, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and, and Tamika Mallory, like all of those things were amazing and great and messages that we needed to hear and we need to take and hold to heart. However, the visual is a bit much like the visual. Yeah. You is, is, is doing a lot. Like I was cool with the Mad Max and the Thunderdome situation. I really was. I thought that was very nice. I thought that the apocalyptic theme was, was beautiful. However, something about all of this right now is, is it, it just don't sit well with me. So, you know, moving on from Meg, let's go into a a sad story that I really don't understand a whole lot about. But um, Thomas Jefferson Bird, character actor for Spike Lee Films, died at 70. So when I saw the headline, I was like, oh, damn, that's fucked up. And I saw his picture for, I mean, when I tell y'all, like. When I saw the headline, I was like, wait a, wait a damn minute. Like, not, not one of my, okay, so like, one little thing that you guys may or may not know about me is that I'm a Spike Lee fan. So, I know a lot of the characters that he, or people that he has used as multiple characters throughout like all of his work. Um, and Thomas Jeffrey, Jefferson Boyd was, Bird, sorry, the boy, right now. Thomas Jefferson Bird was one of the like he he played in so many movies and it's just it's just crazy and I'll go over those in a second. I, I, the reason why I stopped from saying it because I was like I'm gonna say it again anyway. But like he is an amazing actor and has been in so many things. But what threw me about this story was that he got shot. I was like, what the hell? All right, the film committee is in mourning after actor Thomas Jefferson Bird was shot and killed in southwest atlanta according to the police the call came in around 11 uh uh sorry call uh, the call came in from the 2200 block of 
uh, Belvedere Avenue about 1.45 a.m. According to the Atlantic Police spokesperson, Officer Anthony Grant, when police arrived at the location, they found Bird on the ground with multiple gunshot wounds in his back. Yo, he was murdered. Yo, what? He was pronounced dead by Grady Emergency Medical Services. Thomas Jefferson Bird is an actor who found his character immersed in the rich world created by director Spike Lee was he was murdered y'all like how it, it it just doesn't even make any sense um Bird 70 first worked with Lee in on the 1990 film 1995 film Crooklyn before appearing in follow-up Leaf films such as Girl 6, Get on the Bus, He Got Game, Bamboozle, Red Hook, Summer, uh, The Sweet Blood of Jesus, and Chirac. All great movies, by the way. He also starred as Nola Darling's father, Stokely, for the TV adaptation of She's Gotta Have It. He's most famous non-spike related role came in 1996 when he played luther in the action drama set it off y'all remember luther's janitorial service yes like i i really want to know more about this story and i really didn't get a chance to kind of look you know deeply through it but i am um in hopes that we find his killer if they haven't found it because they didn't say anything about the killer so i really i really don't know and i'm just like Yo, that's that's super crazy. Last topic before we go on to our album of today. Uh, Rihanna issues an apology to the Muslim community after it's mentioned that a song played during her fashion show, which was everything, uh, <laughs> featured sacred Islamic verses. On Tuesday, uh, was it this past Tuesday? It, it might have been a Tuesday before because you know what? Fuck 2020. I, I don't even know what day it is anymore, to be honest with you. Every day I have to ask, like, I, it, it used to be one thing where you would work a hard-ass week and you'd be like, yo, what day is it again? No, I really don't know what day it is anymore. I really don't, to be honest with you. On Tuesday, Rihanna, or sorry, Rihanna, <laughs> took to social media to issue a public apology to the Muslim community after she was called out for the music selection in her recent fashion show. Last week, Rihanna... uh latest Savage X Fenty show uh, fashion show premiered on Amazon Prime and while fans were excited about the latest fashion the and also seeing some familiar faces modeling the clothing the Muslim community began to call out Rihanna for featuring a song that consists of sacred Islamic verses according to CNN during a portion of the show models walked to a song called doom by london-based producer i'm gonna say this wrong and i apologize but it's, it looks like kakuku chloe um the song was released back in 2017 and includes a mix of a a hadith nar- narration I think that's how you said that. I think it's a hot narration about the end of time and judgment days. A ahabit is a definition of a col- as is defined as a collection of traditional containing sayings of the Prophet Muhammad, which with 
accounts of his daily practice, the the Suhan, again, apologies to the Muslim community, hope I'm saying all of these words correctly, um, constitutes the major source of guidance for Muslims apart of the uh, apart from the Quran. Uh, becoming aware of the backlash, Rihanna posted a statement to her Instagram story and said, I'd like to thank the Muslim community for pointing out a huger oversight that was unintentionally offensive in the Savage Fenty show. I would more importantly like to apologize to you for this honest yet careless mistake. We understand that we have hurt many of our Muslim brothers and sisters, and I am incredibly dis heartened by this she continued i do not play with any kind of disrespect towards god or any religion and therefore the use of the song in our project was completely inappropriate you better work re you better work re re let me tell you something that's the that is the best apology that you could get yes you messed up and it was a complete oversight and i guess you know and 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 for what it is you know i guess nobody would have known um i i I, to be honest with you, because I am not Muslim, I would not have known, and um, I, I I think that most people probably wouldn't. But to still to still take the ownership the ownership of it all, and you know, really be like, okay, look, I'm I know that we messed up, <laughs> you know, I get it, so I'm here to you know make it right, and 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 it is a, a genuine ass apology, so I appreciate it. So on to the Fenty show. Let me tell you something amazing. Like I never watched the first one, which it is also on Amazon Prime. I will watch the first one, but when I tell you that this fashion show musically gave me everything that I needed, and then physically gave me everything that I need, I think the reason why I didn't watch the first one, the first one was about makeup, so it didn't matter. It really didn't matter to me. Um, but this one was also about like lingerie. I don't know. So somebody informed me. Well, you know what? I'm going to watch it anyway. But I think that the the first one was specifically about makeup. However, this one was about lingerie. And what had already gotten me was just looking in the press and seeing that you had plus size male models. Not to mention the fact that there were plus size female models. But plus size male models of all type of uh sexual creeds and orientations and and just everybody like when you said that you made a brand for everybody i am mad that my black ass waited and going through all of this stuff and i should have been buying me some fenty drawers furthermore rihanna word word says this is what we doing your price is extremely reasonable like I'm not like I'm not out here paying like a hundred dollars for a pair of re- yo. So happy about that. Like I looked on Amazon and I'm like, yo, if you is if you're not in the VIP club, I would pay sixteen dollars. I'll pay twenty dollars for a pair of drawers. Like I'm not mad at that. Like that's cool. Now normally I would get my drawers in the pack and get like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, four bundle, but to be honest with you, I think that is super, super dope. Like, yo, you really are not charging people arm and a leg because it's your name and you're and from what i'm hearing because I, i've heard nothing but great things about this collection yo, you giving niggas quality and you care and you give a damn that's why she gonna win like we can say all the shit that we want to 
Which really, honestly, in the last couple of years, I ain't heard nobody say nothing bad about Rihanna, for real, for real. So, I mean, sis out here minding her own motherfucking business, smoking a good blunt, getting thick, like, thick. I had to say it like that. But, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I I appreciate it. Like, I'm, I'm glad that she made the, the apology to the Muslim community. I'm glad that um men are now included into this Fenty, you know, this this Savage X Fenty situation. And I mean, there were artists out the ass. I mean, Travis Scott was even at the end of the show and it just it, it just made you it made you feel like yo for for a second somebody cares. Like you're not like yo you didn't come out with a lingerie line and it is just untangible. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't seem... And even the prices I looked at and researched the prices for the women's stuff, like, it didn't seem like it was out of the ordinary. And yeah, granted, you might be paying $20 for a bra, with, but, you know, if you're not the girl that gets your bras and, you know, the, the 6, 7, 8, 9, 7, 10, 10, 11, 12 pack, like my, you know, like myself, hey, look, here's the thing. And here's another thing that I have been... <laughs> I was on this before this whole coronavirus situation, but I honestly am on this now. If we ever get back to some type of normalcy, Victoria's Secret, you need to change your policies. And it is not about the sizes. It is about the fact I have gone to Victoria's Secrets to purchase. Um, I honestly, I think it was like lotions and stuff on my mother and she didn't like them because she broke out. So y'all white bitches was fucking up. Anyway, I went in there and I was like, yo, y'all motherfuckers got drawers in here that everybody touch. Like, that's nasty as shit. I don't even know where your hands been. So, like, my thought process has always kind of been, like, ill to that. That's fucking nasty. Like, why y'all got a whole bin full of panties and bitches is touching panties? Like, that's disgusting. That's fucking nasty. Like, why would you have a bin full of motherfucking panties? That's fucking, uh, look at that. That's fucking disgusting. Like, why would that even be the case? You feel me? Um... Um, so, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, ew, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. All right. So moving on from my disgust of bitches touching other bitches panties, cause that shit is, da- I'm sorry. I, every time I think about it, the more I think about it, the very, I'm very upset. I am. You should not be touching other people panties and you ain't even pay for them yet. And then it's like, yo, and I always wondered with Victoria Secret, why the fuck y'all got a dressing room? What the fuck are you dress? Bitches, you putting panties on on your motherfucking yeast infected coochie like i have a problem with that see this is again why i am a guy and i'm not a girl because these are the things that i really would think about like i would i i need in the utmost sense that my drawers to at least come in some type of plastic even if yo especially as much as y'all be paying for the shit please my drawers need to come in some type of plastic or something some type of gift wrapped or something i don't know however I definitely cannot wait to get a pair of these Fenty boxes. I'm trying to tell you, bro. Like, I'm here for it. However, I will have to wait because all of y'all, that shit got sold out. Y'all niggas were serious. And I'm sorry that I waited. I didn't know that it was going to be like this. I didn't know that the fashion show was a whole experience. And another thing about the fashion show before I move on, this is my last thing. This is what I'm talking about where I say, yo, you a fucking genius. You are a genius. You put all of this on the platform for Amazon Prime for people to watch it. The second that it was over, you went ahead and people were able to purchase immediately after the show was over. 
That is dope. That is ingenious. So I think that she is awesome. All right. So now moving on. Yes, I still, I need to flap a damn CD around here. I will get there, but I just didn't feel like digging in the box, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't. The reason why is because last week we talked about the Kang. We talked about the Kang and now we got to go in to the Queen's first album. Absolutely. Beyonce with Dangerously in Love. Let me tell y'all something. I listened to this album the other day. Ain't nothing like it. <laughs> I miss this Beyonce. Okay, I'm not going to get on my high horse about what I feel about the new Beyonce versus the old Beyonce. But I will say this. I definitely miss this Beyonce. Like, this Beyonce was hungry. This Beyonce made mistakes. But I, I just... I missed this one. I don't know about the new one. I'm I'm all for black empowerment, but I'm a little bit tired. You know what I'm saying? Can I get like a 7-Eleven song? Something. Just just give me some fun back in my life. Like, I know we're going through a whole bunch, but can we get a little bit more fun? And Dangerously in Love was a fun-ass album. Dangerous, Dangerously in Love is the studio debut album of American singer Beyonce. It was released on June 17, 2003 through Columbia Records and Music World entertainment during the recording of destiny's child's third studio album survivor the group announced that they would produce solo albums and to be released um a recording sessions for the album took place from march 2002 to march 2003 well damn okay a whole year you were serious beyonce like look we're gonna take this year we're gonna get this go at several studios during the hiatus of their then group destiny's child as executive producer of the album beyonce took a wider role in the production co-writing a major a majority of the songs choosing which ones to produce and share uh ideas on the mix and mastering of the tracks i mean that is what an artist should do you should be taking that type of control you know what i'm saying but i think it's um it's a little different for Beyonce because Beyonce was in already in a girl group. And then by the time that they got it, where it was just Beyonce, Michelle and Kelly after they did, you know, their whole lot, they started taking those type of liberties and type of controls. But I think that for it to be her first solo situation to take that type of control was, was great. The tracks in the album are a mixture of up-tempo songs and ballads, which are basically R&B songs. It also features elements of soul, hip-hop, and Arabic music, although Beyonce remained discreet about her interpretation of the songs. Its underlining meanings were attributes by music writers as an allusion to her intimate relationship with her then boyfriend and well-known rapper jay-z dangerously in love received positive reviews from music critics upon its release with critics praising Knowles' um artistic leap the album also received numerous accolades earning beyonce five grammy awards at the 46th annual grammy awards in february or oh, sorry on february 8th 2004 dangerously in love reached international commercial success earning multi-platinum certifications in australia the united kingdom and the united states the album debuted at number one as the u.s billboard 200 charts selling 317,000 copies in its first week earning beyonce the highest debut sales among destiny Ch uh, among destiny child members solo albums dangerously 
in Love also sold over 11 million copies worldwide and produced two U.S. Billboard Hot 100 number one singles, Crazy in Love and Baby Boy, as well as two top five singles, Me, Myself, and I, and Naughty Girl. So a little background and development. Beyonce launched her career as a lead singer to the R&B group Destiny's Child in the late 90s. According to Corey Moss of MTV News, fans are eager to see how Beyonce, after years with the group, uh, performed solo while recording their third album, Survivor, in late 2000. Beyonce announced the group would be putting on, will be put on hiatus in order for the members to produce solo albums in the coming years, which they hoped would boost interest in Destiny's Child. The idea of individual releases emanated. In, in from the group's manager and Beyonce's father, Matthew. No, you know what? Don't nobody give a damn about Matthew. Um, <laughs> with different, I'm sorry. Don't nobody give a shit about Matthew. Um, with different types of music for each member to produce, the albums were not intended to compete on the charts. Destiny Child, uh, just, excuse me, Destiny Child's management strategically planned to stagger the release of each group member's album to maximize sales. Michelle was the first to release her debut solo Heart to Yours in April 2002. Meanwhile, Beyonce's debut on the big screen started in starring in the comedy film Awesome Powers and Gold Member and recorded a debut single Work It Out which is featured on the soundtrack of the film. Roland collaborated with American rapper Nelly on the song Dilemma as a featured artist. It became a hit that year, leading the label to advance the release of her debut solo album, Simply Deep, in late 2002. Pause. Let's take a footnote right there. Y'all slept on that. That was actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Kelly got a little deep. Kelly, but I, you know what I think that they were doing with Kelly at that point? I think that they didn't, they didn't, um, I don't think that they thought that Kelly was going to sell well. And I think that they were also trying to like, almost put, because Kelly was darker, of course, but she's, Calendria, mm, Calendria has become like the status of what you put in a rap song like especially in the 2010s like yo you want you a kelly roller anyway shout out to kanye for that um but yeah i think that they tried to put almost kind of in that time frame put kelly in like a neo soul kind of bag for real beyonce also starred in the fighting temptations and recorded another solo single in august 2002 she collaborated with boyfriend jay-z featured vocalist on the song, O3 Bonnie and Clyde, the single earned Beyonce credibility and paved the way for the release of Dangerously in Love. All right, now recording and production. Before Beyonce began recording for Dangerously in Love, she selected the producers with whom she would collaborate. For two days, she held meetings with prospective producers from the West Coast across the East Coast and had interviews with them. Beyonce went to Miami, Florida to begin sessions with Canadian recording producer Scott Storch. First of all, let me tell y'all something. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Scott is a beast. Scott is a beast. Musically is a beast. Okay. Um, and he might have had a little drug problem at one point and was dating little Kim. The little Kim part has nothing to do with that. I was just putting pointing that out there. But 
he a beast. Like people want to say because he's Canadian, he's white, like he would be a culture vulture. No, he knows this music and loves his music. And sometimes it, they're just people that just may not look like us, but they love this music. And he is definitely one of them. Um, but Scott Source was her first collaborator and lived in a Miami, uh, Miami hotel in the following months as she wanted to concentrate on the album Beyonce took her time to avoid pressure buildup significantly different from the hasty production of the Destiny's Child oh that makes sense now that makes a lot of sense because Beyonce is is faithful for saying bitch y'all get it when I fucking give it to you so that makes sense if that's and I like that the fact that that was what she was taking in those earlier parts of her career as she did on Survivor Beyonce took a wilder role in the production of Dangerously in Love co-writing a majority of songs choosing which ones to produce and share ideas in the mix and mastering of tracks Although Beyonce did not create beat, she came up with melodies and ideas she shared with the producers. With 43 songs completed, 15 of which made it to the album, Beyonce... Wow. I had to pause again. That means... Yo, wait a minute. Hold on. With 43 songs completed, but only 15 of those songs made it to the album. Bitch, what, what else you got? What else do you have? With yo, I would love to see what this era would have been with them other few, with them other songs, yo. Yo, with them other like twenty some songs, yo. I would love to see what that era would have been. I wonder. Hmm. Damn you, Beyonce, and your secretness. That's unnecessary. Anyway, so it was uh, with 43 songs completed, 15 of which made it to the album. Beyonce is credited as co-writer and co-producer, as well as the album's executive producer alongside Matthew Knowles. Mm. Beyonce felt that recording an album without her groupmates was liberating and therapeutic. Coming into the studio and freely expressing her ideas with her collaborators. The dependency she developed with Destiny Child, however, meant it was harder to be her own, be her own creatively, excuse me, as she wanted to grow as an artist. Beyonce contracted other artists with a view to forming a collaboration partnership. When the collective finished writing several songs, she printed copies of each and sent them to prospective guest artists. She talked to them by phone for possible collaborations, eventually gaining their approval. Besides Jay-Z, Beyonce also was also able to work with Jamaican artist Sean Paul, American rapper Missy Elliott, among others in contrast. Some artists sent copies of songs to Beyonce, which were eventually produced. Beyonce also worked with Elliott and Timberland on a track title wrapped around me, but it ultimately failed to appear on the album. Dangerously in Love was originally a song from this, originally a song of the same title, which Beyonce had written for Survivor. Mm -hmm. The song was deemed too 
so sophisticated compared to the other songs on Survivor. And the group decided not to release it as a single of that off of that album after recording several tracks for Dangerously in Love. Beyonce decided to add Dangerously in Love after releasing it after realizing it fit the overriding theme of the album since the album's release date was uh, postponed to capitalize on the success of Dilemma, Beyonce had been offered the chance to further enhance the album. Although she was disappointed with the move, with the move, Beyonce realized that everything happens for a reason. Agreeing to return to the recording studio to work with other songwriters, she allowed her, uh, this allowed her to record more songs, including the album's lead single, Crazy in Love, in late 2002. Beyonce paused working on Dangerously in Love for a holiday tour with Destiny's Child. With a few weeks left for the recording in March 2003, Beyonce was still collaborating with other guests on the album, including Sean Paul and Diddy. The creative output of the session of Dangerously in Love left several tracks ready for another album pressing in late uh, late 2003. Beyonce planned to release a follow-up album that would <laughs> comprise leftover songs of Dangerously in Love. The, ooh, I just clicked something and went off. Ain't that something? Uh, sorry. The move was promoted when a P. Diddy collaboration called Summertime, a leftover track from the album, was sent to the radio station and had received favorable response. So, all of that happened. Look at how strongly Beyonce was like taking the reins of her career. I I, I love that. Um, I I really I'm really impressed and really would have loved. I would like it even even not even just for the money because fans would the the Beehive would go in droves for this. They would. They would swarm in droves. If you just had, hey, by the way, like, just one day, just out of the blue, because that's what Beyonce do. Just one day was like, look, check this out, right? I know y'all love Dangerously in Love, and um, so I think here's a treat. Here's some tracks that you have you have never heard. And, um, you know, my voice is different now. My voice don't sound quite like that, because it's not, it's not, because she was younger, so it's not going to sound like that. But she's like, yo, so, you know, here's a treat. I probably will never perform these songs. You know, maybe, maybe never. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, they're going to have such a older 2000 vibe and an older feel. But, you know, just something for the fans like, hey, here, look, I just want y'all to have this. I don't know when a new album is coming out. I don't know if we ever getting out of quarantine, but here you go. A little something. Y'all good. Okay. <laughs> so, music and lyrics. Beyonce's mother manager, Tina Knowles, Miss Tina, we love Miss Tina. She's so awesome. And her corny jo- <laughs> her corny jokes on Instagram actually do be having me dying, I ain't gonna lie. And Dangerously in Love, um, it said that Dangerously in Love showcases her musical roots. With Williams and Roland were on gospel and alternative pop. That was the other thing that they tried to do with Kelly. That alternative pop bullshit. I don't know. I'm respectively Beyonce focused on recording R and B songs. Songs in the album are verified from mid tempo and club um, oriented tracks 
in the first half and ballads in the second half. Beyonce commented, my album, well, she probably said like, my my album, because she don't talk to us no more. Uh, My album is, she don't, she don't talk to us. God damn it, Beyonce. Shit, we we would like to hear something from you. We would like to hear something from you other than the national anthem and breathing into the damn microphone. But I mean, I digress. That was a while. That was a couple of months ago. We're fine. My album is a good balance of ballads and mid-tempos with just riding your car feels a lot of up-tempo club songs to really sexy songs to songs that make you feel emotional it's a nice mixture of different types of tracks although the album contains high energy songs like crazy and love and naughty girl the album's focal mood however is a slow and moody it was because like once you got to like me myself and i pretty was pretty much was like that uh beyonce said she had written many ballads for the album according to Beyonce, she wanted to be understood as an artist and showcase her range. And by doing so, she blended various genres and musical influences in the album. The album incorporates R&B, hip-hop, soul, and reggae influences. The album took hip-hop influences from Jay-Z, Outkast, and Little Kim. The reggae is from Sean Paul. And courtesy of Scott Storch, the album explores Arabic music. Oh, I take back my last statement. Sorry. He's not white. He is Arabic. Okay, sorry. <laughs> His uh, personal study at the at that kind of music gate. Oh, maybe he is white. You know what? I don't know. I'm, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this with Scott Storage. I'm not gonna do it. If you know, th- correct me because I hate. I hate to be wrong like that. Like that's unnecessary. Um, the album explores Ar- Arabic music. Um, his personal study of that kind of music gave the album a Mid Eastern vibe. Beyonce and producers also used a wide variety of instrumentation yes when 2000 when 03 Bonnie and Clyde was released as a single in late 2002 critics and the public had speculated that Beyonce and Jay-Z were having a mutual affair despite widespread rumor they remained silent about the relationship and everything the fuck else later but according to critics the title itself of the album sounded more intriguing with Beyonce singing uh, personal songs. Though love is the theme Beyonce incorporated in the album, most the material most of the material is vague enough to be about any relationship. However, there are songs that suggested affirmation of their relationship in the song Signs. Beyonce's uh, Beyonce sings about being in love with the Sagittarius, which coincidentally is Jay Z's zodiac sign. In relationships to uh, pre pre existing rumors about. Then Beyonce stated, people can come to whatever conclusion they like. That's the beauty of music. I'm a singer. I'll talk about writing songs all you... Sorry. I'm a singer. I'll talk about writing songs all you want. But when it comes to certain personal things, any normal person wouldn't tell people they don't know. I just feel like I don't have to talk about it. 
Well, you know what? You don't. You really, you, you're right. You really don't. You do not have to talk about it, Beyonce, but you do need to start saying something these days, okay? Cause I'm tired. Beyonce said that Dangerously in Love is a, <clears throat> is a, is lyrically similar to Destiny Child's album, but because she only had to write for herself, Beyonce had the chance to compose personally, personal, yeah, personally deeper songs than her previous records with the group, with a theme that was based upon different stages of romantic relationships. Dangerously in Love contains songs that speak to love and honesty. In addition, Beyonce admitted that there are songs about love making. Maybe. Uh, the personal content of the album, however, was not generally... Uh, it generally attributed to Beyonce's own experience, although some were based from hers. Instead, the themes kept reoccurring in her mind. Beyonce later explained, I wanted to have an album that everyone could relate to and would listen to as long as I'm alive. And even after, love is something that never goes out of style. It's something everybody experiences. And if you're, and if, they are not in love. People usually want to feel that. While some songs merely focus on the beauty of love, the album also explores an, another side of love. The songs that celebrate breakup, the songs that nurture a woman's desire to have a degree of control in a relationship. The album's hidden track, Daddy, is a tribute to Beyonce's father, Matthew Knowles, who who fronted Destiny's Child as their manager. The song is an account of Beyonce wanting her future husband and child to possess qualities similar to her father's. Originally, Beyonce did not intend to include the track in the album, having thoughts having thought its lyrics would make it appear immature. However, considering it it's one of the songs that reflected her life at the at that at that transitional moment she insisted and fell off on the regret daddy was the closed track um so moving past that I, I i do i love this album i think this album is amazing though i really do um so it went through a whole bunch of press releases. Um, it also, while Beyonce was wrapping up the album, several several of the songs had leaked online, and um, in efforts to prevent more tracks from in the album from being spread illegally as well as being a victim of bootleg Columbia Records with high commercial expectations from the, the album pulled the release of Dangerously in Love to June 24, 2003, two weeks ahead of its planned July 8th release. Ooh. Um, so yeah, Beyonce went through a lot in that. So the big singles, Crazy in Love was released as the lead single on May 18, 2003. It was, um, it was, sorry, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. I just lost my train of thought. Um, it was loved by critics who described it as 
deliriously catchy, which the fuck it is. Crazy in Love will never not be a catchy song. Uh, the single top the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 based on heavy rotation alone. The same week the song reached number one, Dangerously in Love topped the Billboard 200 as well. The substantial airplay and later retail sale of Crazy in Love facilitated it to dominate the chart subsequently um suspending i can't talk anymore i've been talking too long uh subsequently spending eight straight weeks atop the hot 100 making it beyonce's first number one single in her solo career according to uh sound scan Crazy in Love was the most downloaded song in the United States for four consecutive weeks in July of 2003. It also became a success internationally, reaching the top of the charts in Ireland and the United Kingdom. So then you also had your releases from Baby Boy, Me, Myself, and I, and Naughty Girl. Um, Naughty Girl also contained contained the sample of Donna Summer's Love to Love You Baby, which is awesome. And we'll talk more about samples in a minute. Um, lastly, let's go over the impact and legacy. The success of Dangerously in Love incited to the public to infer that the singles Destiny's Child to finally part ways as had pop singer Justin Timberlake could not go back to NSYNC after tasting solo success. However, Beyonce said that their side projects were only a brief diversion in the juggernaut that has become Destiny's Child. As time did not permit Beyonce's musical aspirations were put on halt for her contractual obligation on her Super Bowl performance wherein she was slated to sing the U.S. National Anthem and the recording of Destiny's Child fourth album, Destiny Fulfilled, which we will go over that one day as well because that is one of my favorites. The group finally disbanded in 2006. After the group formal disbandment, after the group's formal disbandment, Beyonce recorded and released her second album, B-Day, which we will also go over. Um, on her 25th birthday on September 4th, 2006, the album gave Beyonce her second number one in the United States and the debut and it debuts week sales exceeded that of Dangerously in Love, the former having sold 541,000 units despite the album's first two singles average commercial performance, neither of which reach the peak of the Billboard Hot 100. Its handsome debut was noted by Keith Caulfield of Billboard as having generated by goodwill earned from the performer of the performance of Beyonce smash first album Dangerously in Love. So Dangerously in Love just in general was an all-around great just great 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 album um listening to it again and just like like we talked about earlier like the the love themes the the, just the whole thing just was well crafted and put together like first of all let's go over some of the tracks and then we can go ahead and wrap it up but going over the tracks you start off with crazy in love 
Like, all of a sudden, all I hear is, like, you just hear that instantly. And you're like, which, shout out to the D, uh, the DMV as well, which, shout out to, um, DC, because that is go-go music all day, every day. Speaking of which, one thing that I want to say, and this is a side note, um, I, no, you know what? I'll save that for the end. I'll save that for the end. Um, so then you come up with Naughty Girl. You come up with Baby Boy. You, you come up with Hip Hop Star. Yo, one of my favorites because it, it was very breathy and just earthy. And it had Big Boy, excuse me, Big Boy and Sleepy Brown on it. And then Be With You, which is also like a huge... I wonder, did I go over the samples? I didn't go over the samples. But um, also a big sample, Me, Myself, and I... Yes, which was very sexy. Signs with Missy Elliott. Speechless. Speechless is on the GTD mixtape. Just want to put that out there. Speechless is on the GTD mixtape. It is serious. Um, that's how you like it, which also is another one featuring Jay-Z. Uh, that one I think also might have been on the GTD mixtape. Mm. Mm. Little known facts. Oh my god, why am I gonna tell y'all this? Am I gonna tell y'all this? I think I'm gonna tell y'all this. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like y'all like that to tell you. I'm gonna tell y'all. All right. Speechless was our first song that we made love to. Like, yes. Speechless is now, now I'm about to play the shit. Y'all dumb. Y'all stupid. I'm not messing with y'all tonight. I'm not doing this. Um, as I say this and no one is here, it's just me. Um, but no. Yeah, Speechless was that song. Yo, she say, I, I can't, my, my throat hurts to, to even try this, but she said, where you been, baby? I've been waiting for you all day. Waiting for you to use the key. That opens my plate. What? Oh, shit. Hmm, I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna tell you how that R&B makes me feel. Anyway, um, and then also some other tracks that were added. And I don't remember, was it? Was it? I think it is. But The Closer I Get to You with Luther Vandross. And then Dangerously in Love, Beyonce's Interlude, A Gift from a Virgo, um, and Daddy. Again, an amazing, an, an astounding ass album. It just, it just was. It just takes my birth away. It is. I remember that moment. I remember like 2003 for me, which y'all have to understand is that Dangerously in Love is part of my love story. Like I always talk about it, like there's certain music that goes in a certain kind of way. And Dangerously in Love is definitely part of my love story. Um, it was 2003. I met my wife in, ooh, yeah, I just got out of high school in 2001. I met Maxine in 2002. Um, we got married by like 2005. Wow. That shit went by quick. Like right now we're on 15 years. Yeah. And, and look, I have to start saying it like that. Cause I, I am starting to get to a point where I'm just like, I don't, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, we're, um, we're at that, you know, we're at that point, um, where you just kind of start forgetting you like, Ooh, we still together that's what's up uh <laughs> so 16 years uh, i think my 16th year anniversary you know I, I think i know my 16 year anniversary will be december 1st um but yeah it is it is it, it is an amazing album it is part of 
my history so you know there is that there was something else that i was going to say when i got to the end of this but i don't quite remember at this point i don't know it's probably because i'm sleepy and trying to do just like super late um hmm. what was it was i I was gonna say something damn i don't remember and and you know what's gonna fuck me up i'm gonna listen to the playback of this later and be like oh that's what i meant to say um Damn, 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 damn. I had something thought provoking. I had a thought. And I don't remember what it was. Um, Trying to read back. Uh, You know what? I don't. I really don't. I really just, I don't remember what it was. Um, However, and I'm going to be pissed because I'm going to literally pinpoint the, the point where I was like, oh, wait. Okay, now I remember. No, I don't. Um, So, I... I just want to thank everybody once again for bearing with me. And I know I had to like really pour my heart out in the beginning of this episode. And I'm like, well, why am I doing this? But I was, I was stressed, but actually doing the episode right now has made me super happy. It really has. It definitely has. Um, so maybe this is my therapy. We all need a little bit of therapy. Um, therapy is therapy is real. We cannot turn the blind out of mental health at this point. We definitely all, all everyone all of you <laughs> we all need it it's, it's like massively important um and sometimes just saying it to y'all and you know um liking the comments and all that good stuff and and i'm i'm happy i'm happy i'm happy i'm happy in a real way i'm not happy just to say that i'm happy i'm happy in a real way because there's a big difference between being happy and just being like, oh, I'm happy. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. No. It's being like, oh, I'm genuinely happy. I'm full. Um, and full spiritually is, is good. It's, it's, it's a good feeling. It's, it's better than just being like, oh, I'm full. Yeah, I'm happy. Um, when you say shit like that, you're usually lying. And I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm like, I'm, I'm happy. I'm good. Um, I want to go out with the usual fear, false evidence, appearing real. It's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind. And Beyonce said, look, I might not have had the group behind me. You know what I'm saying to you? But I could do this. You know, I I, I could do this. I'm, I'm good. But, you know, sometimes it just, it does feel um awkward. You know what I mean? It feels like when you have to step out and do something that is completely out of your element or doing something alone, you know what I'm saying? Like for the first time, yo, you're definitely at a point where you're just like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I, and I was grateful that Beyonce, we're we're all grateful that Beyonce was able to step out on her own. Um, okay. So don't forget to, um, check out the YouTube page. Um, some of these shows actually do go up on the YouTube page in addition to the late night shows that I do and also the interviews, which I'm going to work on those, but I'm glad I did take a break this week and hopefully I can start catching up with some of my favorite artist friends and we can get back into what they're doing and how that's working out. And like I said, I just want to be the Angie in my city. I still look up to Angie Martinez gratefully, like all the interviewers and, and all that good stuff. Like I look up to Angie completely. Um, but aside from that right now oh yeah don't forget don't forget 
because I, I done said it and I'm going to say it again. I um, am on all of these platforms. I need you to, to look at a brother and be like, oh, snap, he out here. You know what I mean? Let me tell a friend to tell a friend he out here. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, definitely check me out on um, iTunes. Tune in Google Music, which is YouTube Music, um, Spotify, SoundCloud, which is the hub. I love it um, for that reason. Uh, aside from that, that's pretty much it. Nothing really new going on, but, you know, just keep me in your prayers. Just, you know, I, I don't want to take up this much time and not do the work. Um, aside from that, that's pretty much it. Yep. So once again, you have been kicking it with Young Smooth. Now, don't you feel better about it? <laughs> All right, y'all. I know you do. I will talk to y'all next week and on time. Don't just, I'm not on no Erica Badu shit. I mean, sorry, I'm not on no Lauren Hill shit. Okay, I'm not gonna be late. Fuck that. All right. <laughs>